Oh, I love a bit of Adele, don't you? Just to mellow out to on a Friday afternoon. Now, we have got a very special guest with us this afternoon. We have Bella Hasty, who is part of the organising committee at Us For Them organisation. Welcome, Bella. Hi, thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on. I know you're very, very busy at the moment campaigning. Lots going on. First of all, Bella, I came across you a couple of weeks ago, and I think it's really interesting what you and many other parents have kind of got together to do. Can you tell us a bit about Us For Them and what you're kind of championing? Yes, of course. Um, us for them came together sort of about last May time. And I think all the people who set it up would be shocked to think that we're still in existence mm. and still needing to campaign. Um, the, the team, the, it, it was really a couple of mums who, who met via, via Twitter with their concerns around the fact schools weren't open and about understanding the issues for children. I think our biggest feeling uh, as an organisation is that children are not at the centre of any discussions about themselves. Uh-huh. Um, children, children don't have a voice, they don't have a vote, um, and it really feels that in this pandemic they, are, they have been forgotten, and, and all the decisions have happened to them without without much debate about the long-term impact on them and how it would happen. It's funny, isn't it? Because I know you're a parent yourself of two and I'm a parent of three. And it's what has become apparent in the past couple of months is actually we are the voice of of our children. We have to represent them. Um, So I kind of see where you're coming from with that, you know? Uh, Definitely. And there's a really interesting piece I just saw from um, a 16-year-old called Keish Hussein, who's written in The Times today, actually. Mm. He's 16 years old in in Leeds, and he's described his generation as the forgotten victim. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that they are are really, they're really feeling this, the the slightly older ones. And we were in a very different place back in, well, this time last year with our knowledge to where we are now. So um, when you talk about the knowledge, what, what do you mean? Are you seeing that an effect on children from, from home, homeschooling or lockdown and, and all that it's brought with it? Absolutely. Um, we're seeing, I mean, if you think about what, what children have gone through, there's obviously the fear of the pandemic, the implications on their families. Um, we know that you know, the lowest income families are the ones that are heavily hit within this. So this is, this is hitting their families more. But also the very fact that school has been closed for such a long period. It was closed for most children throughout the summer, summer term. Yeah. It's now closed. For a lot of children, they were off for you know, 12 to 24. Something, we even heard of people who were off 42 days yeah. long term. And homeschooling um, is, is kind of, you know, so variable, I guess. That's the thing, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I think we should be careful with the, the word homeschooling because mm. lots of people do outstanding home education. Yes. And, they, and that, that is something that even the government guidelines talk about socialisation being a really important part. I think we're better off talking about what's happening at the moment as remote schooling. Yes. Um, because it is a very different experience to parents who've stepped out of the system and decided to home educate their children. So, yes, remote schooling is very, very variable. Um, we did survey last term to understand how people were feeling and what was coming through and, and it was it was quite shocking really hmm. um the differentials between particularly private schools and state schools hmm. and certain schools between it and, and and this isn't to not teachers who've been working really really hard and each time they would be would be sent home and children sent home to isolate you probably have children in the yeah. classroom children there and it's all very sudden i mean the good news is that when we did a survey last week is that people are still are feeling that their children are getting more education. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a full education by any stretch of the imagination. But it's something. 
but it's something. And what about with regards to, I think you're, you are campaigning as an organisation to, yes. to get kids back into school yes. um, and reopen schools. Now, what about people who argue that, hold on a minute, what about transmission rate amongst children and then transferring it back to when they go home? How does that work if they're back in schools? Yes, it, this, this, is a, this is a tricky one, but, but, but whenever you look at um, PHE have done a lot of work, Public Health England have done mm-hmm. a lot of work on this, as has Scotland, and, and they, they don't feel that this is a huge issue. It's interesting, UNICEF um, recently released a piece um, before Christmas showing that the evidence shows that schools are not main drivers. When, when, you, kind of, when you look at the proportion of people, there's a re- relatively small number of families where over 65 live with school-aged children. And obviously in those situations, you need to be thinking about how that works. But our big challenge is that the risk for children, and, and obviously every death is a tragedy, but there's only been 28 under-18s who've died in, from the COVID since the pandemic started, and all of them have underlying health issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's awful for those families, but, but the percentage, it, it's minimal risk for this age group comparatively to the risk of all the other things. I mean, I mean we... We yeah. we have we have the thing of key workers, key worker children, yeah. sorry, and vulnerable children who are yeah. on HCPs going into yeah. school. Yeah, is is that working in in some way, or what? What's the issues um, around that? Then it, 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 it feels very it feels quite hit and miss. It's obviously a huge challenge for schools because, of course, over the, over Christmas everything changed constantly, and they literally had one day's notice on what what was going through. But the latest government figures, which I think were the first week of term, are basically showing that forty percent of children with a social worker connected to them are in school at the moment, and only thirty four percent of those with um, a, a special educational needs are in school. And we're, we are hearing, so it's a, it's a relative, it, it's much better than the yeah. last lockdown, but it's not all of them. It's and those are enough. the children who really need to be in. When you're looking at long-term learning loss, they were already behind your average child and, and they're going back further. And what about, obviously, mental health, well-being? Are we seeing a big effect then? Is this what's pushing you forward to campaign? Yes. Yeah, we're, we're, we're seeing it. We're seeing it a, a much bigger growth so so we're seeing you know half of young people are reporting um of 15 25 year olds reporting a deterioration in mental health issues and for those young minds which is charity that works with children with mental health issues those that already had mental health issues 80 percent are saying significant deterioration why is it so good for them to be back in school then is is it the socialization or is it the routine why is that so Uh, important it's a mixture of everything. We know that um, we know we know that school. I mean, school is really not not, not an optional extra extra. And when you look at the home educational guidelines, socialisation is really important. So it's that's, it's a mixture of socialisation. It's the chit chat on the way to the mm. bus. It's the it's physical the education. It's it's the physical education. So we we when you look at government guidelines, at the end of by the time the end of the last lockdown, only nineteen percent of children were doing the amount of hundred percent and i know that for i know that from personal experience it's not easy it's not easy to get them out and moving it really isn't exactly and when you look at this lockdown it's significantly different from the last lockdown we all know i mean the weather today is beautiful but most of the time it hasn't been Mm. but they're also when there are no sports allowed at the moment so so there's none of none of those kind of socialization areas with sport when we look at Scotland, for example, although they have school closures, under 12s are allowed to get together and they are allowed to have sport. Um, we would really, you know, 
I think that Welcome would make that. a huge difference mm. to our children. Yeah. What about, I mean, what can we do from our end as parents and, and population, grandparents, aunties and uncles that are listening Absolutely. today? Obviously, we get them back into school, but what's the next steps and how can we support um, I think I think obviously getting back into school is absolutely vital. But for some of these children, they've lost almost a year's worth of education. So there is a real question about our long-term recovery plan. What as a country do we intend to do to support these children? Because these guys are our future. Um, and if they haven't got the building box, where do we go? And mm. particularly early years. I mean, we'd love to get people involved in, in our campaign. We're, we've got a website, which is usforthem.co.uk. Great. So do have, do have a look there but but also just really think about children how these things are impacting children because i don't think all of us do this enough because they're not as as obvious and we often feel that children are flexible and resilient which they are but this is almost a year's worth of what's happening and it's not easy to pick up um and i think we also have to be really really aware of those invisible children so that there is an a digital divide which we know about and the government are trying to support but but they're not being heard at all mm. so and and almost every survey that's going on at the moment is going on digitally because of the pandemic so they're not being included in that group and and we know schools are working really hard to try and bring those children back in well thank you very much bella um it's really good food for thought i mean i know from my own personal experiences it's a slog and yeah, it's true. The children maybe are going unnoticed, but also the parents, you know, it's yeah. a lot. It is a lot. So I respect <laughs> to all the parents and, and, and supporters out exactly. there that are doing it all because it is, yeah. it's a slog. Thank you very much for coming on. Do repeat um, your website address, please, for people to check it out fit further. Fantastic. Our website is usforthem.co.uk. Um, and we also have Facebook groups as well. So if you search for Us For Them England Thank you. on the Facebook group, we're there. Thank you so much, Bella. Lovely to speak to you. You have a good Friday. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.